to another episode of We Speak Dispatch. We're joined hey. by some of our featured panelists. We got John with us. John, how you doing? All right, good. Good. Glenna, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for asking. And Mr. Doug, how's Tennessee rolling? Tennessee is, is great, y'all. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is going to talk about what if the dispatch radio doesn't work? Ooh. Oh. So we talk a lot of times in trainings about CAD going down or rerouting phones to another agency, but what happens when your radio that you key up on doesn't work? And uh, John, we're going to start with you because you work at a rather large agency. When the radio goes down in dispatch, what is your guys' backup to communicate with the field responders? You push the pedal harder. <laughs> it works. It, or if, if you slam your foot on the pedal, I've it eventually that. kicks in. I've heard that. It scares it. Yeah. It's kind of like an AED. <laughs> um, in, in all seriousness, uh, we have a backup radio system built into the prior, to the radio system console. Oh, wow. So we would just switch tabs or a folder and go to the backup radio system that is controlled through consulates offsite. Um, if that system goes down, then we also have portable radios um, on standby. Wow. We're very similar to you, John, but Glenna, what do you guys do? Um, we have, because we go through a repeater, um, we have line of sight uh, radios. They're called doomsday radios. Um, but I'm thinking about this right now. I couldn't tell you how to use it. I, I, <laughs> I would have to really think about it. I mean, I think I could walk through it, but you know that the radio is not going to go down when everything's quiet. It's going to go down in the middle of a pursuit or something big, and you're going to have to figure that out. So guess what I'm doing next week? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to turn it on. I'm going to turn it. Well, yeah, I'm going to turn it on, see if I can turn it on. <laughs> and Doug, what do you guys do? Well, unfortunately, having worked for a large state agency, that my office, we didn't have a backup radio system. If it went really? down, it went down, and that's it. And really? We, we could switch. Well, if the radios went down in our center, mm -hmm. we were the controlling place. They're not working. All the cars can speak to each other out right. there in the field, but we didn't have any portables in our office. There was no, like, another radio system like John's got. We don't have anything like that. It was just basically it's down, and it's down, it's down. We could have our officers go to, they could talk to other comm centers because the radios in the cars had that ability to okay. switch to the sheriffs or the PD, whoever. Oh, yeah. Talk. But we couldn't talk to them. We were out. So and a good example of that is we had a, a protest a couple, several years ago four years ago, and uh, in town, and they were going to operate this on the sheriff frequency. We couldn't listen to it. We couldn't hear it. So they had to come in and give us a handheld from the sheriff's department to sit on our console so we could actually hear wow. what our officer was saying. And it was oh really my tactically terrible, tactically yeah. a very terrible situation. Now, the question is, if a um, somebody came into your comm center and gave you a radio and said, here you go, the radios are down, dispatch, use this. Would your dispatchers be able to key up on a public safety radio that other field responders use 
and actually a know what they're doing or would they be setting off the emergency activation button <laughs> think it's the transmit button do you train on the radios that the responders use to use as a backup at your agency john and we'll go back to you yes we do it is in the radio training manual um, some selective screenshots of the portable radios that the police and fire departments use are in there and it's something that's readily available at the console and can be turned on and it's not just this is it this is how you turn it on but you know it has the diagrams of this is the push to talk and you know all wow. that jazz wow. and then yeah. how to switch zones and channels and of course, the big orange button that you mentioned. <laughs> that you I was just going to ask that. Does your dispatchers in your center understand the fleet map or whatever you want to call it uh, of the radio? In other words, what is on channel A1 or B1 or however many banks in your radio there are or zones or whatever? Do they have a picture of the fleet map? So if an officer out on the scene says, okay, I got to go to this channel I rarely use. If you have multiple channels at your dispatch center, how do I get there to the dispatcher? And can the dispatcher quickly answer that back to your officer? Doug, what do you think? Well, we had a, we had a blue frequency, which was statewide. Everybody could jump to the blue in our department. So if they had a big emergency, they could send everybody to the blue, this channel that we had. They, it was a special tack channel. It could go to that. And everybody, and that was easy to switch over very fast on all of our consoles. It went really, really fast. And half the time people are monitoring it anyway. So that was a that was a good feature. That was a good thing we could do. We could because we could put major emergencies up on the blue, and handle it up there while everything else is still going on in town. Still handle that stuff. Could you put more than one up there? No, it was oh, one. I mean, it was one big emergency could be on the blue at that time. Okay. But everybody, like all the areas, could listen to the blue and say, "Oh, it's coming this way, or it's going that way, or whatever." So mm -hmm. it was kind of a big thing. And Glenn, if you had another agency come into your jurisdiction to assist you that was on a different radio system, how do you make sure that the agencies can talk back and forth to each other? Do you have a channel kind of like Doug's Blue? Or what would your agency do if you had somebody coming in from an outside jurisdiction to assist your agency? All surrounding agencies, with the exception of Highway Patrol, um, <laughs> have, we have their radio. Of course. So we, can, <laughs> we can patch with them. Um, Highway Patrol is the only agency that we don't have any capabilities right. of communicating with. Um, we do have extra HTs that we keep in the dispatch center um, or the handheld radios um, that we could give to uh, officers in the field if we needed to. But time is of the essence. If we if we have the Highway Patrol there, um, we don't have time to be having them come to the station and get a radio. We do have an intercom system with their dispatch center. And so that's how we relay information, but it, it's, it's scary. It's not tactically sound. Officer safety is a huge issue uh, just because of the, the different tactics that each agency uses, the whole nine yards. Yeah. I have a lot of work to do ne next week, Joe. Thanks. I'm <laughs> going, wow, we're a little bit lucky. <laughs> have any of you taken a radio that's fairly new technology, or at least to me, it's fairly new, and I'm not that advanced on radios. I've had some training, but not a ton. <laughs> Okay, but have any of you transmitted or used a radio uh, that's on either 4G or 5G or LTE where you can communicate back to your agency no matter where you're at, listen to this one, in the world? Doug, have you communicated <laughs> on one of those radios? Yeah, no, we don't have anything like that. So um, it, what, what's really ironic is our field personnel, the cars, we're equipped with some really good radios. I mean, they could switch channels. They could go listen to the sheriff and all that stuff. 
The comm center couldn't, but the field could. The communications center could not communicate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I can only I can only imagine transmitting a, across the United States. I can't even imagine that. Wow, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah, and as any John or Glenn, if either one of you used a, a cell type service to communicate through your uh, radio to communicate back to your agency, not me, no. Not, Wait a not professionally. Are you I talking personally about Nextel? I have ham radios, but not professionally. Well, because I'm Nextel talking about a portable radio just like this one, Doug, where you have a LTE service in it or 4G or whatever, and you typically do it through a subscription to a cell phone company, and then you're able to communicate via cell phone back to your agency or jurisdiction. That's uh, going to go that spend way. money now to get one of those radios. No matter, <laughs> no matter where you're at in your jurisdiction. So the last question I'm going to end with is tell me a story from your agency where you did either A, have to evacuate, or B, you had to use technology that was completely different than what you're used to using, and how did you make it become successful? So John, when's the time at your agency where your CAD completely crashed, your radio went down, or your phones <laughs> went down, and how did like you never. become successful <laughs> using something different than even your normal backup procedure? nothing truly comes to mind wow. that we had to, that we had to do different than our normal backup procedure because we have all the supplies of from a previous episode we talk about pen and paper so i mean that's pretty much a lot of our backup tools and that's always available at the console absent of that i can't nothing comes to mind where we've had to use something other than the those tools mm -hmm. wow glenna what about you well, I'm kind of with John, Not, nothing really comes to mind, professionally speaking, but, uh, you know, I do um, reluctantly uh, have a ham radio and getting a ham radio operator's license just in case something like that happened at work. And because we don't really, I mean, we have a backup plan. We have a doomsday radio. We have HTs. I'm a tactical dispatcher. So pen and paper is normal for me when you know everything goes to pot and i i have my own radio i have my own handheld radio as a tactical dispatcher but um and and kind of more personal like when i'm at work if there were a disaster here in my state because it's california so earthquakes how would i get in touch with my family because cell phone service would be down so mm -hmm. we have no videos. <laughs> that's about it though and it, it would be very useful at work as well yeah doug what about you guys well i will tell you that during the um riots from the 90s the LA riots and all that stuff. Joe, were you born yet? <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, you may be dating yourself with some of our listeners, but go. Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate, but uh, it's a good experience because oh, I read about that in a history we book. had so many things happening in LA that we needed to add 10 more radio channels. So they brought in the Caltrans or the people that work on yeah. the highway, their radio system, which we've never used, and they gave us about four hours training on it and said, good luck. And we yeah, had to dispatch. To dispatch my radio that I was dispatching for had 60 units on it. <gasps> and I, they were all A units. It was A12, A13, A whatever. And it was like, we had to work this radio system we've never, ever worked in our, in our careers. And I never, ever want to do it again either. So it was just a, a real learning experience. That's for darn sure. So yeah, even though That's it's in your history. What about you? <laughs> yeah, for us, we got a lot of different challenges where our dispatch center is. We got a really nice facility. 
Uh, great view. It's on third floor, but we just had an inland hurricane come through and almost wipe out communications, but also the weather phenomenons of tornadoes and everything else that we go through, but uh, being upstairs, but we're also built on a river. So we're right next to it and we flooded a couple times, but that's not it. We, we, we strike out where we're at because for part of the flood protection that they did, they built the amphitheater and all of the music faces the dispatch center. So they have outdoor concerts. It's great music when you're on break, but wow, is it sometimes loud to hear in the 911 center. So we uh, definitely train on uh, backup uh, radios and everything else. And they have had to use them. I wasn't working there during 2008 in our big flood. I was on the other side of the river. When I left the 911 world, I was on first street east and our dispatch center is on the other side of the river, but I had to evacuate as well uh, for the phone cable oh and internet gosh. company that I was working at. And I can't stress enough to everybody that's listened to this episode, uh, learn how not only to use your radio, learn how to use your backup radio and have a general awareness of both your field responders portable radio and your field responders car radio. Because one of the things we never brought up is if you are out of backup options in the dispatch center, they could literally bring in a car if you still have communications and you could sit in a vehicle and dispatch yeah. from their radio if you absolutely had mm -hmm. to. So a lot of people don't think of that as an example of something you could use as a backup radio as another squad car. So can I let me just say something on that, because two things. One is when we send people on ride alongs, part of the ride along experience is asking the officer about the radio system, how to turn it on, how to switch channels, all that stuff. The other thing is because my where I worked, we were on low band, so it oh. had a long reach. Right. but it wasn't good in the cities it just it didn't work real well it worked really good on long long distances but that's it so if you were in a patrol car you had to put that patrol car at a high point in the city to be able to speak to everybody so if it was just in our parking lot you didn't have very much range if yeah. you were up on a hill you could you could dispatch so wow. that was unique oh, that's just scary <laughs> yeah it's absolutely scary and this has been an episode on uh, radios and make sure you get radio trained a lot of times we train on cad going down and we train on the phones going down and we have reroute instructions to a different agency or maybe you reroute to cell phones or you push a button depending on what state you're in or whatever <laughs> it is you might do at your agency. But sometimes we forget to train on the radio going down. And Doug, why don't you tell everybody how they can get a hold of us and maybe being a guest on a future episode? You know what we are, you can go to our Facebook, Instagram, our webpage, which is wespeakdispatch.com, and you can actually send us an email and say, hey, I want to be on your broadcast and talk about whatever topic's important to you. If you've got a topic that you want us to talk about, send us a topic. If you want to do it yourself, we'll put you in one of these boxes, and you Hello. can actually join us up here and say, hey, here's my <laughs> opinion of this or that or whatever it might be. So let us know, wespeakdispatch.com, wespeakdispatch at gmail.com. So there's all kinds of ways to get a hold of us. Absolutely. And make sure you like us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And also check us out on all the major podcast platforms. <laughs> That's been this episode from We Speak Dispatch. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Courtney, and you've been listening to another great episode of We Speak Dispatch, proudly sponsored by our friends at Zybex. Approaching sunset. Stop that number.